Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey, how's it going, everyone? My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really glad to be back. In case you didn't notice, we actually took a little week off there. Yeah, we had another installment of Marcado Radio. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that while we had to take a little break. It's great to be back with you for our episode on Sunsoft. Oh yeah, my gosh. Absolutely. Sunsoft is a legendary development team. Probably not as well known um, for their games as someone like Konami or Capcom right. is. But the thing that's really remarkable about Sunsoft is they're really well known for having just superb music, especially when we're talking about the NES. Sunsoft is really um, one of the best developers of NES music because not only are all the themes and melodies good and they also have that sort of credibility of having good music with all of their titles, Mm -hmm. but they really used the NES hardware in um, a very pioneering way. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, we've talked a lot about Sunsoft over the years that we've been doing this podcast. If you remember our episode called NES Evolution, uh, we featured a few Sunsoft tracks, and we definitely talked about some of the unique ways that they pushed the hardware of the NES, and we'll talk about that today. A very unique company. Uh, I really feel like their heyday was in the 8-bit era for the NES as well as the Game Boy. I feel like that's where they were the most creative. And we've talked about that kind of idea before where something about those limitations really just inspires people to just be really creative. But what's cool is that, I mean, Sunsoft didn't only exist in the era. I mean, they worked on the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, uh, as well as even into the N64 and beyond. So we're going to have a a really nice eclectic playlist for you guys today. Uh, We're not really going to go chronologically. We're going to kind of go back and forth to spice things up. Yeah, because you don't want to just hear NES after <laughs> NES just Right, constantly. yeah, that definitely gets old. So we'll try to spice it up for you guys today. What you heard playing in was the Game Boy version of Batman Return of the Joker, and that track was Boss Fight. We're going to play the NES version of that soundtrack later on, but man, that's such a great soundtrack. Uh, actually, different music for those two versions, which is kind of cool. So Right, something that's really cool uh, about the Sunsoft series is they had success making the first NES Batman game, which was a licensed game based off of the Tim Burton film. Right. But (laughs) they didn't really want to wait until the next Tim Burton film came out, so they started making sequels to that first game. That's so funny. So there was a game called Return of the Joker, which was on both uh, NES and Game Boy, each with different music. And then there was the same game on uh, Sega Genesis, which was called Revenge Revenge of the the Joker, Joker. also different music worked on that Tommy really? Tallarico yeah uh, completely different soundtrack for all the versions you think Hollywood will eventually do a movie Return of the Joker based on this game <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time right yeah who knows if Ben Affleck will be involved in that as well oh dear oh dear um, Anyway, so yeah, we're going to get things started. This is, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this episode. We're going to start things off with a game called Freedom Force for the NES, and this was composed by Naoki Kadaka. Now, really, today's episode is kind of an unofficial spotlight on Naoki Kadaka. I would say about 85% of the tracks today are composed by this gentleman, an absolutely legendary figure in video game music. Right. Well, isn't it funny, you know, before we've had our episodes spotlighting on uh, one single publisher, like our Konami episode or our Capcom episode, Mm -hmm. we really got to talk a lot about what it's like when you have multiple composers working together in that Mm -hmm. collaboration, in the sound of a team, in the sound of a developer. And we'll get some of that today, definitely. Right, but 
it was less about the individual composers, but something interesting about Sunsoft, a lot of the creativity and a lot of the style is really indicative of one person's mm-hmm. lone contribution. That's definitely true. We're going to start things off with Freedom Force. This is Stage 4 Town. Enjoy. interesting this is stage four town from the nes game freedom force composed by the legendary naoki kadaka really cool i mean by the end of today's episode you guys are definitely going to have a little bit of an understanding of some of the unique compositional quirks uh, of naoki kadaka's music specifically in the 8-bit era there's so many things that he really likes to do and you're going to hear in so many of these soundtracks and it it really is something that makes you smile when you hear them over and over again so that's something to maybe kind of listen out for uh, on this episode absolutely one thing we uh, typically like to praise sunsoft for is their sort of creative use of the nes sound chip and while this particular track doesn't use some of the um more commonly referred to elements such as that uh, bass sample or even some of those drum samples that we typically associate with Sunsoft Mm -hmm. again this is being used in a very creative way and I think mainly that comes down to um, the use and the duties assigned to that triangle channel absolutely one thing that's very interesting is typically just sort of the theory behind the way most NES music is composed is the triangle is typically used for the bass because you can't control volume and there's not really much you can control with expression. It's Mm -hmm. a fairly simple sound. But what's interesting here is they have that lower bass line being played by the square, which has a dirtier buzziness in its lower register, and the triangle is actually doing that lower parallel fifth harmony underneath, which is great because the triangle already has those sort of rich overtones. It already has a grit to it, too, so this is sounding like a guitar, a power chords. I mean, this is something we're going to hear a lot today. We're going to hear the use of the square channel low in the low register for the mm. bass. We're going to hear that a lot today, and it really is signature to, to this company. And what I think is so cool is, like you said, how they use the triangle channel, because really, when you're listening to NES music, and if you hear a triangle channel go really high and do melodies and stuff, it really feels like, oh, have I really heard that yeah. before? It's almost like a new sound chip. Well, because they use it in sound effects a lot in yeah. games, so you're used to hearing those timbres higher up. Like, I know in Metroid, uh, Hirokazu Hiptanaka used the triangle for a lot of sound effects and would do little arpeggios Peggios to it in the higher register. One question I have for you, Will, I know you're really into kind of the NSF world, you know a little bit more of the technicals. Can you do uh, vibrato on the triangle? Can you control that? Yes, you can do vibrato and you can control pitch. It's mainly that you can't control 
control any volume and volume right. has much more than you'd think it's not just about how loud something is kind of the attack of it right. too, yeah. Well, yeah a lot of the timbral sounds that we perceive are really have to do with when you round off the end of a note with a volume curve it gives it a different sound of the attack and when you start it off with a rounded off volume curve it almost sounds like a completely different quote yeah and that's instrument. and that's kind of true of any synthesizer you know right. that's really kind of the whole name of the game uh one thing interesting is that game came out in i think like 88 so it was before they started to use a lot of those samples so it's nice to start off with that game that was kind of pre well, the sunsoft yeah, and it classic. is really funny that in the 80s you um would get fairly early on in mm -hmm. as far as all these developers utilizing that NES hardware they were still sort of breaking the boundaries of what was more conventional for the system and yeah. I think that's something very important to note because it's indicative of their work throughout the following decades. We're going to play another game uh, fairly early on. This was around that same time period, an absolutely classic, mainly for this particular piece of music. This is Blaster Master, composed again by Naoki Kadaka. We're going to play the Area 1 theme. I yeah, believe this is, this just great. This is, is a forest stage, if I'm not mistaken, but right. one of the most classic pieces of music on this system. Please enjoy Area 1 from Blaster Master. This is Area 1 from Blaster Master, composed by Naoki Kadaka. I really like where the loop point is located. Uh, it comes in a little earlier than you're expecting. In general, the, the length of this piece is fairly long. I really like the B section. That's my favorite particular right. <laughs> part of this piece. I don't know what, what resonates with you most about this piece, Will. Yeah, I think uh, something that I really admire about Naoki Kadaka is his constant use of harmony. It's something that is just used in so much of his music, mm -hmm. um, and it's something I, I really like. I like constant harmony. I think it gives it a little bit more of an innocence. In this track, in this entire soundtrack, really has sort of a childlike innocence to it. There's not much grit, and I think sometimes when we think Sunsoft, we think a lot of grit in rock. But oh, yeah. This is, this is so fun. You know, this is mm -hmm. more like old school um, Nintendo music, something What's, maybe like Ice Climber or something. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. It really reminds me of that. One thing cool is there are going to be a few soundtracks here and there today where you get to hear a little bit of a change of pace where even from Naoki Kadaka, where he's able to do something different than his normal kind of shtick, I guess I would say. Right. And I, this is definitely one of those examples. Well, yeah, I think something that makes this song special is 
is a limited selection of notes. They're all great, but it's very limited. And I think uh, he's really put with a challenge of you're going to stay on those intervals for such a long period they, of time. And they hold so long. And yeah. they have that weird pulsating Well, I think that's, that's the ticket, is that it's not just a sustained tone. Yeah, 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 there's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's sort of a contrasting vibratos happening in the two channels. Yeah, do you, so it gives you this weird sound. Do you have any thoughts on how he did that? Because I know you've actually have some experience on implementing the NSF like yourself like right. how do you think he got that is that volume you think you know what it is um it's it sounds like volume to me I it's a mixture of volume and vibrato he because with vibrato I you see. can control both um, the pitch range, so how far up and down it's pulsating, but also uh, the length of the vibrato. So you can make it go, mm -hmm. uh, or you can make it go, uh. right, right. So he's having a fairly normal length of the vibrato, but a fairly high pitch range. So it's mm -hmm. scooping up and down, and I think the lower one is not doing that as much. And mm -hmm. then I think you're right, there is a little bit of uh, wavering volume, almost as if it's complementing the vibrato. So you're right, you do get this weird sort of pulsation happening on those sustained very notes, quirky is, but very yeah, effective great. we're going to move on to a really cool game that i discovered this week this is trip world for the game boy and i was really excited to see that it was composed by manami matsume so really interesting obviously we know her work from capcom but uh for some reason she composed a few games for sunsoft i don't know how she that composed worked. the original Mega Man soundtrack right. and also both Carl and I are big fans of UN Squadron, UN Squadron, the arcade version known as Area 88. Yeah, so the arcade version, which was the original version, was composed by Manami Matsume and Takashi Dateshi, Mega Man 1 and 2 composers. So yeah, Manami Matsume, one of the most classic Capcom composers. For whatever reason, she did a little bit of work at Sunsoft, and this is one of the soundtracks she worked on. Let's take a listen to Introduction from Trip World. <laughs> This is an awesome piece. This is Introduction from Trip World, composed by Manami Matsumi. I don't know about you guys uh, out there listening, but aren't you getting some Mega Man influence here? I really feel like this could fit at home in the Mega Man series. It's so cool to get uh, a new soundtrack that I've never heard from Manami Matsume. It's just a legendary composer, and you're hearing it's in that same era, that right. really creative era for these composers. Well, there's really expressive and artistic uh, writing here, almost performance-based in sound. Yes. There's, there's such a clear sense of attitude and like a zeitgeist happening here. It's just really a, a powerful energy that you're picking up, especially that section to talk about harmonies again, that little short like two second interlude with those Where parallel, there's parallel right here. Oh, it's so really out catchy. there. Very bluesy with those parallel harmonies. Mm -hmm. It's 
it's super infectious. It's one of the most catchiest points in the song. And again, like the form is just a little bit more free for all. It's a little bit less linear than we get in a lot of video game music. Much less linear than you'd get in something like Mega Man. Yeah, well, it throws you for a curve because it starts off kind of pretty and classical, doesn't it? But then all yeah. of a sudden the rock kicks in and it's like, oh my gosh, we've been in this world before. We know what this is, you know? So yeah, we're going to come back to the soundtrack later on today, but we're going to now move on to Batman. And now we're going to play quite a bit of Batman music today. We're going to start off with the Genesis version of Batman, composed by Naoki Kadaka. Let's take a listen to Stage 2 Axis Chemical Factory. Rocks. This is Stage 2 Axis Chemical Factory from the Genesis version of Batman composed by Naoki Kadaka. Man, he just has a lot of confidence. The attitude, I think, I like what you said about the last piece. It has a very clear attitude and it's going for a specific type of an emotion. Something that is very confident, a little bit scary. I think one thing interesting today is a lot of this music um, is a little bit on edge. Like it kind of makes me a little bit scared. Yeah, that's something that I've noticed as well. And I think something uh, special about this game is Batman is a very established franchise, especially in the context of today, you know, Batman films are Mm -hmm. just very popular and present in pop culture, and I think they were back then too, and when we're we're thinking of the music, you already sort of have this established palette set forth by like Danny Elfman, which you get in both the original Batman film and even the Batman animated series. So. I think there really is sort of a legacy that you're trying to meet because Batman is a very iconic character. So making a Batman game, you know, he can't just create his own thing. He sort of needs to meet that world where it is and add his own little flavor in there. And, you know, I think Naoki Kadaka did a very good job, especially listening to that lower bass line. It does feel a little bit reminiscent of some of the Danny Elfman music. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to hear more reminiscence later on of some more similarities between the video game Batman music and the Danny Elfman Batman music and some of the chords. But this is when I feel like you still get a little hint to some of those uh, Danny Elfman type of quirks. I could see that. You know what? I was just thinking what would have been so cool back in the early 90s if Danny would have done some video game soundtracks. I think he would have really excelled yeah, at it. He really he would such have. an imaginative style of writing, a very melodic mm-hmm. and um, sort of quirky style, something oh, that I think a lot of uh, video game composers were really in, influenced by. And we actually, we know for a fact a lot of them were. We've talked to people like Grant Kirkhope who said, you know, you know, Danny's a huge influence on them. So that, yeah, that would have been really cool. Well, I mean, even, um, even Peter McConnell mentioned that mm-hmm. he was influenced by Danny Elfman. Let's move on to Euphoria, and this is spelled U-F-O-U-R-I-A. 
for the NES, composed once again by Naoki Kadaka. Let's take a listen to Slippery Slope. This track is called Slippery Slope, and it's from Euphoria, composed by Naoki Kadaka. And we were talking about it. We were, we we're not sure what uh, part of the game this music is featured in, so we were kind of thinking about it. I wonder what part this would yeah, be Yeah, I've in. never played Euphoria. I have played some of these, most of these other Sunsoft games, mm-hmm. but I've, I've never really played Euphoria, so I'm not really sure what function this has in the game. You can sort of guess, though, by the name Slippery Slope, and again by that mm-hmm. similar emotion that we're noticing again of that slightly creepiness. You think it's an ice level? It's definitely a stage theme. Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, I get more like a slippery slope of like a sewer or something. Oh, yeah. Sewer music, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there is that sort of grittiness to it. That's something I do love that Sunsoft has sort of that musical palette. And one thing we got to say, the first time today, we got that bass sample in there. That mm-hmm. classic Sunsoft Naoki Kadaka bass sample that he uses in a lot of these soundtracks. This is the first um, introduction to that today, so hopefully you guys heard that and noticed that. It's just incredibly effective and really makes the entire song feel like it's on a different sound chip. Just that little change really just makes it feel a lot more impressive, especially back in 1990. I feel like it, it's things know? like that that sort of make you realize why video game music turned out the way it did and why it almost has a theory of its own, why it sort of generally has sort of a pop rock quality to it, most old video game music. I think it really is a natural evolution of the hardware to go for that sort of sound. Because even something like this, we talk about, you know, it was most advantageous if you were going to use a bass sample to make it sound like an electric bass. Mm Because you naturally have that very compressed distortion that's put on that one-bit DPCM channel. Well, one thing I love about it is it's so much more full than the triangle bass. It takes up the entire spectrum of sound, and it makes the entire track a lot louder. If you actually look at the waveform of these Sunsoft tracks that have these samples, they're so much louder of a waveform. So that's something that's really exciting. It gives it a sound of uh, performance. It gives it a sound of like a Sunsoft band in the bass has an actual aesthetic it has an actual timbre that like we mentioned on our human touch episode it it feels like there's some sort of actual human performance going on well kind of a segue to that we're going to play a really great track this is from a game called gimmick 
And this features samples as well. Now this particular track is so cool because it features bass samples and a really nice snare drum sample. And I really like the way that they use them in conjunction. So you'll hear a bass sample on like the one and then the snare on the two. And right. it's just, it really plays a trick on your mind and it feels like there's multiple samples at once, but there's actually not. Well, and again, it's so organic because the yes. bass and drums need to lock together mm -hmm. and serve as a rhythm section. But so this is almost an organic way to force that into it, the music. It's so cool because the bass is a little bit sparse and it only plays on those one and three of the measure and there's no kick sample uh -huh. so the kick is noise generated but the snare is sample based so effective this is gimmick composed by masahashi kagayami and neohisha murata let's take a listen to an awesome track called strange memories of death This is so impressive. I think for us, we really just get a kick out of this because we have a little bit of knowledge of actually the implementation of the NES. The fact that he's able to take, both of these composers are able to take one sample channel, use it for two instruments, and to go back and forth. Like for example, on that first section, the bass is just playing on the ones, so you're able to have that snare. But on the B section, when, when it goes to the dun 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 dun, they switch to the noise channel in the triangle for the snare. It just the really inventive and ingenious use of the hardware here. Not to mention, it's a really creative song compositionally. I love this little riff here, how it's kind of over the bar. It's brilliant. Well, and it's really clever use of the technology, but it's also very subtle at the same time. You know, it's not doing anything in your face, and mm -hmm. it feels so complete because you're able to have chords, melody, and delay, and when they switch off and on, you don't really notice it. It's not like you can tell, oh, there's a harmony happening here, so they can't do the delay. You almost feel like everything is constant. It's really impressive. It's some of the more impressive NES music that I've heard, and it's not something that I necessarily would have thought to say that about, but it's not yeah. really until you start to appreciate that I can't really tell when anything's missing. Well, and I would say 90% of people listening to this aren't even going to be caring about that. It's only us nerds that know so much about the technology where we're listening and think, oh, that's cool how he did that. But at the end of the day, it's just an effective song that is just 
it's so rare for NES. You don't hear this kind of music. Well, and that the often. rhythms really complement each other. Yeah. You know, what you have going with the bass and drums really sort of satisfy one part of the spectrum, and the melody is sort of filling in the other gaps. So they really have a nice balance and do a little dance with each other. It's really clever. Well, finally, we're going to move on to a Super Nintendo track. This is from Albert Odyssey, composed by Naoki Kadaka. We're going to play a track called The Road Walked by Heroes. Enjoy. listening to The Road Walked by Heroes for the SNES. Uh, this is from Albert Odyssey, composed by Naoki Kadaka. This is a brilliant track. I really think the soundtrack is outstanding. I'm really thankful for the SNES on a technical level that you can have full stereo panning. You can have full control over every instrument. It can be a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, completely to the left in the center. And that really creates a, a lush sound that wasn't possible even on the Genesis, you know? Well, something that I just really respect about Naoki Kadaka is he really has a clear understanding of musical instruments. And yes, he does. when we get back to the conversation about attitude, really the attitude of a specific instrument, that trumpet line is almost a, an archetypal trumpet fanfare. And it's not just in function, but it's also capturing the attitude of that instrument. And how you effective know, is flourishes. that Dorian mode? There. Oh, absolutely just... that Dorian mode as far as the composition, but the rhythms of that trumpet melody are really accenting what that brass instrument does well. Yeah. You know, it has a control of double tonguing and really fast, mm -hmm. precise attacks. And I think it's so great that when you're using this fairly primitive sampleistic music to capture some of those attitudes. It really gives it a sense of genre and it gives it a sense of performance. You heard it here first, folks. I believe uh, we coined a new word, sampleistic. So let's move, let's move on. That's, I like that, Will. I'm a fan. Thank let's you. move on to Gremlins 2 for the NES. And this was composed by Nobuyuki Hara, Shinichi Saya, and of course, Naoki Kadaka. Let's take a listen to Gremlin Battle.
That's so cool. This is Gremlin Battle from Gremlins 2, composed by Nobuyuki Hara, Shinichi Saya, and Naoki Kidaka. Now, we just played another track from Gremlins 2 only a couple weeks ago on our uh, Human Touch episode, which was a stellar track, and this is a really good track, too. Again, you're having that bass sample, which is so signature to this company and to this soundtrack, definitely. Well, I think something that I'm really just sort of noticing now that I think could lead to a very interesting discussion about Sunsoft as a company you know, we've used the word attitude a lot today, but I think there's a reason why. And I think it's more than just the music. I think it has to do with uh, the projects that are chosen. Because isn't it yeah. funny that the projects that are chosen by Sunsoft all have that sort of Tim Burton-y grit to them? Well, you know, so many Gremlins, Batman, series, yeah. Fester's Quest, you know, it's all sort of these kind of dark, twisted things. Well, it's... It's lucky from a musical standpoint, but from a game standpoint, I mean, in this era, most of those licensed games were quite lousy. So really, it's surprising that there's this rich legacy musically from all these series such as Batman and, you know, Gremlins. These are based on other other mediums, you know? Right. So I think it, music is definitely the best part of these games, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, I just think it, I think it has something to say about Sunsoft, though, because they're definitely hmm. one of the only studios I can think of, especially at this time, that have an attitude. That's, you know, they're sort of known for making games with a specific theme, with a specific tone, which tone is something that I think early video games lack. They don't really create a sense of ambience. Mm -hmm. And especially, like, I love Capcom and I love Konami, but they do everything. There's mm -hmm. not a Konami tone. You don't pop in a Konami game and expect a certain type of ambience. At least not quite as much as Sunsoft. Yeah, I but mean... with Sunsoft, you know, I feel like they... For some reason, the licensed games and even the non-licensed games they made all had that sort of dark, twisted quality well, to if them. Well, if I'm honest, I mean, I think Naoki Kadaka set the tone. I think he set the tone early on for this company. The fact that he worked on most of their games, even for this game, there was a couple other composers that worked on it with him. But, I mean, he's he's here. You know, he's all, he was the one who kind of, I feel like his attitude was so important to this company. And, and soundtracks that would come after that would definitely uphold that tradition and we talk about it a lot with something like Falcom sound team with you know Yuzo Koshiro setting the tone early on and people kind of following that and I think that's very true for Naoki Kadaka let's take a listen to Fester's Quest uh, we just talked about this. this is a really interesting soundtrack obviously based on the Adams Family series of TV shows and movies all that yeah, fun again stuff. has a sort of twisted dark quality to right. it so this is Fester's Quest let's take a listen to the boss theme composed by Naoki Kadaka boss theme from Fester's Quest. My gosh, uh, really <laughs> effective orchestra hit samples. And one thing I like about this particular section, there's kind of this long droning, I believe it's a square that's kind of quiet. Yeah. It's a little, it's kind of muddy on purpose. Again, very scary, isn't it? 
Well, yeah, again, there's such a character to it, you know, they're taking these lifeless digital instruments and giving them a soul, you know, it, it's really cool, you know, I, I, that's why I feel like on our Human Touch episode, we, we did talk a lot about you know, the importance of real humanistic playing, but also the reason why we started off with Sunsoft is because they traditionally just know what to capture about the attitudes of a human performance and to put yeah. it into a digital context. One one uh, technique compositionally of Naoki Kidaka I want to talk about here, his really signature tom fills, he loves to do really fast uh-huh. shredding tom fills, so many of these tracks have that. So when you're listening to that, if you didn't know this was Sunsoft or Naoki Kidaka, that's something that kind of can clue you in that, oh, I think I might know who, who this is. It's kind of action movie-esque, oh. having a lot of suspense and yeah, stuff like that. Totally. Pretty epic for Uncle Fester, don't you think? <laughs> that's funny. We're going to move on to Super Fantasy Zone. This is a stellar soundtrack for the Sega Genesis, and this was composed by Naoki Kidaka as well as Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Uh, the track we're going to play is a Kidaka composition. This is Fancy Promenade from Super Fantasy Zone. Listening to Fancy Promenade from Super Fantasy Zone, and this is a Kadaka composition. My gosh, this is so much fun. This is kind of what I was talking about. A little bit of a change of pace, something that's different from his normal shtick. But again, are we hearing those really fast uh, Tom fills here? Yeah, that's a good observation. There's a lot of playfulness, sort of like a. It sounds like you're in a carnival with sort of some of the instrument choices and some of the musical synth sound effects. Like yeah. that whistle and some of those bell sounds. A promenade, that, uh, I just had to look that up because I wasn't actually sure what that word means. I guess it means a leisurely walk, especially one taken in a public place. Oh, yeah, place. that's what a promenade is. I mean, I knew <laughs> what is, that was, but it says is, promenade. This is spelled promenade, uh, so I don't know if that was misspelling from someone who's, you know, may or may not speak Japanese and may, you know, may or may not speak the best of English. But, yeah, fancy promenade. This is a really fun track. I highly recommend you guys checking out this entire soundtrack, uh, Super Fantasy Zone. It's great. We'll come back to this later. Let's move on to Batman for the NES. This is Stage 3 Underground Conduit, composed by Naoki Kadaka and Nobuyuki Hara. Enjoy.
It was funny when we were listening to this, Will was like, uh, wait, didn't we just hear this song? I mean, I think sometimes some of these Sunsoft uh, soundtracks, because they share such a similar attitude, may run together for some people. They have a little bit of a, that shuffle quality to right. it. And that intro, just some of those darker chords. Yeah, no, this is an effective piece. Similar. I mean, there's not really too much we need to say about this one, so I mean, we'll probably just move on. But just nice to share the, the Batman soundtrack from the NES as well as the Genesis and we're going to later on feature the NES uh, version of Return of the Joker as well. But let's move on here. Let's keep the ball rolling. we got some nice music to get to here. This is Daffy Duck, The Marvin Missions. And this came out for Game Boy. And this is another soundtrack composed by Manami Matsume. Let's take a listen to the boss music for Daffy Duck, The Marvin Missions. <laughs> listening to the boss music from Daffy Duck the Marvin Missions and obviously that's referring to Marvin the Martian I assume this is composed by Manami Matsume Uh, interesting how we're having uh, quite a few boss themes today I don't think that was ever part of the plan but it's kind of a nice little facet of Sunsoft I gotta say their boss themes are very very cool yeah I think that's definitely an area where you can notice a lot of the similarities yeah absolutely no, I mean, I really like the use of that really high square sound. It sounds like a it sounds like a glockenspiel up there, doesn't it? It's crazy when you go high enough on a square, you can make it sound like a completely different instrument. Yeah, I mean, when you go high enough on anything, yeah. your brain, uh, it's a little harder to identify timbre. You know, that's something I've noticed. The higher you go, the easier it is to identify pitch. But the mm-hmm. harder it is to identify timbre, where the lower you go, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's harder to hear lower pitches that are next to each other, but you can hear the timbre so, like, innately. I think it's because most sounds that we just hear naturally in the world mm-hmm. have a lower resonance. Oh, yeah. Something like wind, most, you know. Right, like rustling. most higher things, you know, we associate with a pitch. Well, yeah, pitch is so important when you get up there. I mean, one thing that's good about the lower frequencies is um, you can be a little bit out of tune and you can't even tell. Like, if you're playing right. the bass, it doesn't have to be perfectly in tune. You know, a lot of times if you're playing an upright bass, they're not going to be perfectly in tune. Right. But it really becomes a problem if you're playing a violin one and you're not in tune. I mean, that's just terrible exactly. to listen to. So, interesting. Let's move on to Albert Odyssey Gaiden. This is obviously another entry in the Albert Odyssey series. This came out for the Sega CD and featured some really beautiful orchestral music composed by Naoki Kadaka. This is a beautiful piece. This is main theme two. Enjoy. Thank you. 
This is a great piece of music. This is Main Theme 2 from Albert Odyssey Gaiden, composed by Naoki Kadaka for, I believe, the Sega CD, uh, either the CD or the Saturn. And what's interesting uh, here is that you're getting a combination of real string instruments, you know, a real solo violin, mixed with some obviously digital, you know, string right. instruments. And it's still very effective. I really am a fan of those really close-voiced stuffed chords that you're yes. hearing on the violins. Yes, absolutely. Japanese film you music. Know, I think it's uh, interesting to hear a symphonic setting for uh, Sunsoft music, because I think typically we'd assume that... Um, given the technology, they would go for a more rock thing, mm -hmm. you know, with electric guitar and bass. But it's funny that they went with this. But, you know, I'm actually reminded of a quote from, I think, Ben Folds. And he actually does a lot of shows with uh, orchestras. orchestras. And he sort of talks about, you know, the orchestra has rocked for hundreds of years. Yeah. And now we sort of only use the orchestra in one setting but the orchestra is really dynamic it's kind of like what marty said a few months ago when we were talking about koji kondo i think we were talking about inside the castle walls yes where it's like um he was sort of saying that he really believes if koji kondo had the technology that was almost the mm -hmm. setting that he would put his original nes music in even though you might assume it would be done with like authentic latin I but think, it'd be more kind of pizzicato well, right classical. i think sometimes there's sort of a glue that uh symphonic sound can have well, one and, thing that i think is so impressive this piece isn't a great example there's a little bit of percussion but with classical music the you know orchestras rocked for years without any much of any drums at all i mean right. timpani but you didn't have a bass drum, you didn't have a snare drum, and they right. still rock. That's and having, impressive. Yeah, having rhythmic parts to the music yeah. is something that I think we get maybe a little bit less of now, and we sort of rely on percussion, and then you can have more sustained things mm -hmm. with the um, melodic and harmonic instruments. And yeah, it's yes. nice to have, like you mentioned, those really dense you know, saturated string chords happening. Beautiful there. piece of music. I highly recommend checking out Main Theme 1 as well. I, I played that a long time ago. I believe Show and Tell 2, way back in Season 1, I played Main Theme 1 from Albert Odyssey Guide. Do you remember? completely <laughs> different men from that point. That is funny. Let's move on to Journey to Silius. Oh my gosh, this is an excellent soundtrack composed by Naoki Kadaka. Let's take a listen to the title theme. This is the title theme of Journey to Silius, composed by Naoki Kadaka for the NES. Once again, you're hearing that absolutely classic bass sample, which is really the kind of star of this whole soundtrack, I gotta say, is, is the bass. A lot of Naoki Kadaka music really utilizes that technique ad nauseum. But I'd actually kind of like to take this moment 
to uh, take a little break and talk about uh, something that Carl and I both discovered this week that we kind of want to share with you guys. Yeah, I just kind of want to give a little shout out, maybe a little, not homework, but something that I... If you guys have a second, you should definitely check this out. We saw it on IGN. Uh, I don't know if anyone out there, <laughs> probably most of you, are fans of The Last of Us, which is a, a game that came out earlier this year that uh, we've been absolutely obsessed with. And uh, there's actually a video, If you you might have to search for it on Google, but it's the director of the game, Neil. He's talking about this alternate ending that they filmed of The Last of Us. And they actually um, have footage of the, all of the actors in the motion capture suits in the actual room, you know, doing the, doing the performances. And I don't want to spoil it because it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But yeah, it's definitely not what you're going to be expecting. Yeah, it's not what you're expecting. So maybe you guys should check that out this week. Next week, we'll come together. We'll talk about it because I don't want to spoil it right now. Right. Well, I mean, I'd recommend definitely playing the game first. And I don't mean to interrupt our episode, sure. but The Last of Us is such a profoundly wonderful experience. I think it's something I, I just I really want to talk about because uh, I think it transcends the medium. I I really do believe it's one of the greatest video games ever made, and it's the first video game that I've ever played that uses uh, the medium of video games to tell a story in not only a unique way, but in a way that I don't think films, books, TV could do as well. Yeah, if anyone has trouble finding that particular video, uh, let us know. We'll we'll post a link, uh, if need be, on Twitter or Facebook for you guys. But yeah, we'll talk about that next week. I think in general, it's nice maybe from here on out to have a little break in the podcast where we talk about, you know, some of the other aspects maybe on a general level of the video game industry, um, just kind of other topics of discussion. Well, and also, since we weren't here last week, I really once again want to ask how you guys are doing with our new website, supermercadobrothers.com. It's been up for I believe four or five weeks now and we've gotten some pretty good feedback so far but just remember you can feel free to leave comments in all of our posts going back to our very first episode are there you can also find all of our original music and this is just a warning to those of you who are still using our blogger page <laughs> it's time, time is ticking yeah it's ticking it will be no more very shortly so we're gonna give a few more weeks to leave that one thing cool though is our rss feed has already been transitioned so if you're listening to this and you're one of our subscribers through itunes or anything through the rss feed that's already been migrated so you're already enjoying this on our new rss feed based on our website we're able to make a change without losing any subscribers which is awesome so and yeah feel free to drop by if you haven't we'd appreciate any feedback that you could give us on any aspect of the site because you know it's still being slightly some of the development stages and again we just we really love getting your guys's feedback your advice and picks you know i know a lot of you love to send in some of your favorite video game tunes that you'd like us yeah, to so, play in the so future. keep that up we really love getting your guys emails uh we've just gotten a lot of really nice um supportive emails lately and we just really appreciate that guys and definitely um i think in the next show and tell i know i'm gonna play one or two tracks uh that some of you have suggested recently and somewhere down the road you know i wouldn't be surprised if we did another listener show and tell so yeah keep sending us those emails let's take a listen to another track from super fantasy zone this is a track called water melody enjoy
This is Water Melody from Super Fantasy Zone. And this is, again, uh, these two composers that worked on it. This is another Kadaka composition. Um, I think another thing I want to do for show and tell next time is I do want to play another track from this game, um, most likely a Kawaguchi track. This game reminds me of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, I feel like right. some of those arpeggios are very much like Masato Nakamura, but even the melodies are very sort of bright and poppy. Well, that's so interesting, Will, that you made that connection because there's a piece of music in this game. Um, I don't know when I can show this to you as an example. At some point in the future, I want to show this to you because it's so interesting. There is a piece of music that is eerily similar to the special stage theme from Sonic 3D Blast, actually. Hmm. Um, it's almost the exact same song. So it leads me to believe that there must be some Japanese pop song or folk song that both of those pieces of music were based on because it's not a coincidence. It really feels like it's almost the exact same song. So that's something that I may want to share with you in the future. That might be kind of fun to talk Interesting. about. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting, folks. It is now time to move on to our track of the week. Near the end of this episode, this is Batman Return of the Joker for the NES. Let's take a listen to stages one and six, and this was composed by Naoki Kadaka, Nobuyuki Hara, and Shinichi Saya. Enjoy. This is Stages 1 and 6 from Batman Return of the Joker, composed by Naoki Kadaka, Nobuyuki Hara, and Shinichi Saya. Those composers work together quite often in this era and produce some pretty awesome results. This is this week's Track of the Week. Really is kind of a nice quintessential Sunsoft piece of music. You got the bass sample, you got the rock beat in there. Right, well, one of the reasons I sort of opted for this being Track of the Week as opposed to some of the other ones, I think you're right, Carl, it really does capture... Um, a lot of the techniques that we love to hear in Sunsoft NES music, but especially I really am just in love with the rhythms of that A melody. Dun, 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 dun. It Very almost catchy. sounds like it's saying Batman, Batman. Batman. Oh, you know, cool. I kind of I like instrumental themes of an iconic character mm -hmm. that almost feel like you could have lyrics where the syllables could almost be speaking to that character. That's such a good point. You know, it's classic. There's a sort of classic uh, story that Richard Donner. Um, 
you know, rushed into the scoring stage when John Williams was scoring Superman. Superman. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, Marty t- talked about that. Yeah, yeah, he was just so excited, and he said when the song played, it sounded like it was saying Superman. Yeah, Superman. And there's something so iconic about those themes, and I think this is one, again, talking about the franchise and sort of the canon of Batman. You know, it's a big franchise, so to put their own little staple onto that music, I think, is really important. And also, at the end of the form of this song, I really feel like they do finally capture a lot of those harmonics that you get, those Danny Elfman chords. You're really starting to get You're some You're kind of, of modulating. You're having a lot of major mm-hmm. chords in interesting succession. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a minor key with some borrowed major chords yeah. it really adds a lot of mystery and sort of that sort of sooth element that you get with a lot of Batman music. Let's move on to the N64. This is another nice change of pace today. I'm really excited for this. This is a cool discovery for me. I was not familiar with this before. This is a game called Chameleon Twist 2. Now, there were two of these games, one and two, that came out for the N64, and they are Sunsoft games. And the second game was composed by a Russian gentleman by the name of Bulat Hajiu. And it's cool to obviously feature some music from a different composer. Really great soundtrack. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future I share some more from this soundtrack. Once again, if you guys want to check this out, definitely go ahead and do that. This is Skyland from Chameleon Twist 2 for the N64. lot of fun. This is Skyland from Chameleon Twist 2, composed by Bulat Hajiu. So nice to feature a soundtrack that I've never even heard of before this week when I was preparing for this episode. Again, what I love about these themed episodes is it leads me personally to discover brand new music that I never would have heard, and hopefully we can just pass that on to all you guys, just showing you guys new uh, new gems that hopefully you'll enjoy. This is I love this melody. It, the instrument they use is definitely evoking an older era, like maybe something like 16-bit. It's just, oh my gosh, this sounds just... Everything I love about video game music, it's happy, it's catchy, it's fun, it creates a positive emotion. 
Yeah, and it's using a lot of a lot of sort of like twentieth, twenty first century modulation, which mm -hmm. I think is a big thing about video game music. Drawing from pop songwriting techniques, but adding its own sort of harmonic flair to it. Did you guys notice that the drum samples are the exact same ones from Mario Kart sixty four? <laughs> they really do sound yeah, reminiscent. They're the exact and they're same using ones. those same kind of like yeah. That leads me to believe that Nintendo may have provided a sample pack to some of these companies, which, well, you know that they did for the SNES, so yeah, it makes yeah. sense that they would have done something like that. I wish that. I had access to that. <laughs> I want to make a Mario Kart album. Well, and even if Nintendo didn't provide, I'm sure there were, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what file format they needed to play on the yeah. N64, but I'm sure there were, like, public domain samples that just became very common. Yes. To, well, you know, part, part of the sound is that 32 kilohertz sample rate which is um, was all that was possible on the N64. So sometimes hearing samples in that, uh, you know, 32 kilohertz kind of creates a signature sound. Right. We're going to move on to Trip World. Once again, we're going to play another track from this Game Boy soundtrack. Let's take a listen to Stage 1. Awesome. This is Trip World Stage 1, composed by the Mega Man composer Manami Masume. You know, something I love about uh, Game Boy tracks is um, it's really fun to listen to them with headphones, because composers were really experimenting for the first time with that panning technology, which really became important on the Game Boy, because one of the most yeah. prominent ways of listening to the sound and the audio in the games was to, you know, they had headphone jacks. People would listen to the games with headphones. That's sort of what made it portable. So it's really fun to hear the use of, like, arpeggios and stuff switching their panning mm -hmm. and composing, have, and composers having a lot of fun with creating a more lush sound just by switching up the panning. Yeah, it's interesting. The Game Boy, I can't decide if it's better or worse sounding than the NES. In some ways it's better, in some ways it's worse. It, it's very, it's hard for me to put my finger on it. I think the NES has just really stood the test of time in the cultural landscape, and so many people just love that sound. It's mm -hmm. a very nostalgic thing that I think a lot of us associate with our childhoods. But, you know, I think the Game Boy has that also. I just think as far as music goes, I don't know if it necessarily gets as much attention. And no one really makes Game Boy chip tunes because it's such a subtle difference. But, you know, I really I'm sure feel some like, people do. <laughs> I really feel like in some ways it's better really because you have an extra channel and you do have the option of using four squares or one of those being a triangle which I think is really cool you didn't really have that option on the NES 
All right, folks, the last track of the day. This is one of the most beautiful tracks that we're playing today. This is, uh, I'm really excited to share this with you guys. Another track from Albert Odyssey for the Super Nintendo. This is called Clouds Riding the Wind, composed by Naoki Kadaka. Enjoy. so much guys for joining us today for our very exciting look at the music of Sunsoft. Hopefully you guys got a kick out of this. Obviously some classic tracks, classic soundtracks that you guys probably have been fans of, as well as most likely some things you haven't heard before. Yeah, definitely. This was a very fun episode. You know, Sunsoft has been a topic of discussion really for a long time for both Carl and myself. Mm -hmm. Really, a lot of that got sparked when Marty came on over a year ago, and he talked about sound effects. And in that discussion, he sort of talked a little bit about the NES sound chip right. and talking about some of those Sunsoft composers and what made that music so good. That would definitely be an episode that I would recommend you guys going back and checking out if uh, you're maybe new to the podcast and this really interests you. If you're a big fan of Sunsoft, that's a really interesting episode. Uh, Marty talks a lot about kind of the NES sound chip and how they were able to produce sound effects. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. So. I, I would really recommend for a lot of you going back and listening to some of our earlier episodes because I think, unfortunately, one of the things that we have to sacrifice on this show is we don't have time to explain all the technical things that we're discussing, but they have been explained at one point or mm -hmm. another on the show. So I would recommend going back. So when we talk about a DPCM channel, what does that really mean? Another thing I'd like to just quickly say is one of the things that is so impressive about a company like Sunsoft is... We're not having to replay all the great tracks that we've played so far on right. the podcast. And some of you may be wondering if you're new, oh, why didn't they play this track from Journey to Silius or this Batman track? And we've played so much classic Sunsoft music, but what's so great about Sunsoft is we're not forced to play those again because mm -hmm. there's so many great tracks in Batman. There's so many great Journey to Silius Even tracks. like Blaster Master. Absolutely. So, you know, we will replay tracks and we did a little bit of that today. But what's so nice is to try to play tracks we haven't played, new tracks that maybe you guys haven't heard as well so thanks so much for joining us guys my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out